0: Hi, and welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan.
1: And I'm Linda Smith.
0: Linda is the CEO of the Better Business Bureau, serving Western Ontario.
1: BBB Scam Tracker is a tool that consumers and businesses use on a regular basis. Later on the show, we'll look back on the scams that were tracked as we present the top 10 scams of 2017. And this information will help you avoid being scammed in 2018.
0: And spring is on the way. That means we'll get sunshine and potholes. Well, life can be like that, too. People who may appear to be basking in sunshine, but life may be putting pot- uh, potholes in their pathway. Alison Graham, who is the author of Married My Mom, Birth the Dog, will join us this morning to share some of the insights she gained when in what she terms her decade of hell.
1: The business reports have spotlighted real estate markets over the past few years. The hot market fuels some great conversations now and speculation. However, if you've made a decision to buy or sell a home, you shift from conversation to gathering information.
0: And this morning, we welcome Kathy Amos, who is the broker of record with Peak Professional Realty, to provide some of that information. Welcome to Ask BBB, Kathy.
1: Morning. The Peak Professional Realty website features a number of questions uh, that are typical of buyers and sellers. So let's just dive into some of those. The first question for both buyers and sellers is, where do you start? Well, I may be a bit biased, but I feel that it's a good
2: idea to start with a good realtor. Um, Most of the time you would get that recommendation from family or friends, you know, based on their experience or um, past transactions with that person. Uh, you want to make sure whether you're buying or selling, if you have an agent that you like, that you trust, and that also listens to you. Because you want to make sure that that person is looking out for what you want, not for what they want.
0: And we would add, of course, that you check the BBB site. Of
2: course. <laughs> and
0: and um, you might want to interview a couple of them just to make sure that yeah. you're on the same wavelength. Do you as a broker help a buyer determine how much they can afford or... Are there guidelines that they can use to take into account expenses, eventualities, and things that they might not have considered?
2: Uh, We do do that a little bit. We will sit down and talk to them about their budget and that sort of thing. But for the most part, a lot of that is done with their bank. The bank Mm -hmm. will get into more detail with them. And we always recommend that people get a pre-approved mortgage before they start shopping for a house because you don't want to look at something that's out of your budget and then find out you can't afford it because nothing ever compares to the more expensive property.
1: A couple of questions that seem to be related when we look at the two sides of the real estate transaction. For buyers, how important is a home inspection? And for sellers, how important is home staging? Well, let me start with the home staging
2: first. Um, The home staging has become very important. Um, I started selling real estate 25 years ago, and the first house I ever sold had robin's egg blue walls and uh, stucco ceiling with sparkles in it, and we sold it the way it is. That is not the case now. Now people spend um, sometimes a good amount of money preparing their property for market, and buyers expect the properties to look like that. Um, They are willing to pay a premium when a property looks like that. So for a seller, it's definitely worth your investment to stage your house. Now, from a buyer's perspective, back to the home inspection, home inspections can be important, but with the way the market is right now being so brisk and the com- the competition, it can be a little more challenging to be able to get that opportunity to do a home inspection.
0: So the market is still uh, brisk, you said, but the uh, it is still what you'd term a buyer's or a seller's market. Then? It's
2: absolutely a seller's market. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Another question that appears on both the buyer and seller's list of your questions on your website, Kathy, is uh, how do I know I'm getting a good deal?
2: Well, <laughs> that's kind of subjective, really, because what you might determine is a good deal for a property might not be what someone else determines. So it's sort of you want to try and tick off as many boxes on your wish list um, with keeping within your budget. So. You, you don't want to go over what you can afford, and to me, that's what represents a good deal because your home, it, yes, it is an investment, but it's also your home. So your primary concern should be getting someplace
1: to live that you're going to be happy with. Under the tips section of your website as information concerning power of sale, are there misconceptions out there surrounding power of sale and what this actually means in terms of price of the home, conditions surrounding the sale?
2: Yes, there's huge misconceptions surrounding power of sales. Um, Because we get a lot of information from the U.S., which they have a different system than we do. Um, In Canada, power of sale, the bank is still responsible to try and get the fair market value for that property. So whereas in the U.S., properties are often sold for less than market value just to get rid of them quickly. In Canada, that's not the case. So... You do get a better deal usually just based on the condition of that property, but it's not like you're going to be able to steal it or, you know, pay pennies on the dollar for them.
0: Do those kinds of sales come up very often, though?
2: Not right now. Um, When the market is slower, then there has been uh, quite a few. But right now, because the market is so brisk and the prices are increasing, people are able to sell their properties when they're in financial distress before the bank takes them. So there's not nearly as many power of sales.
0: When it is a market, as you've described, uh, that it is a seller's market, are there different strategies then in preparation of um, your home or as a buyer of things that you want to do before you start uh, the negotiations?
2: Well, from a seller's perspective, you want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward because as soon as you list your property, you're probably going to have a large influx of buyers right now, Um, like in a middle price range. The upper price range is a little slower. and so you want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward because that's when you're going to get the most people through. So if you present your house as not as best as it could be because it is a product on the market now at this point, it's you're not going to get as much money for it and those people aren't going to come back for a second look if you you know repaint a room that's you know maybe looking a little shabby or things like that. So there's a lot more preparation goes into your home prior to listing it than than there used to be for sure. Um, What I always tell my sellers is that you're going to have to pack things, put things away anyways, so you may as well do it now, and it's going to make your move a lot easier when the time comes.
0: Well, there are a lot of questions. Some of them are answered on your website, Mm -hmm. so uh, we would encourage people to go and visit uh, uh, Peak Professional Realty and get some of those answers. And, Kathy, thank you very much for being part of our program this morning. Oh, you're welcome. Our guest this morning has been Kathy Amos, who is Broker of Record with Peak Professional Realty, an accredited business with BBB with an A-plus rating. And after a short break, we'll return with Alison Graham.
1: You were running over, so you went quick.
0: Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Linda Smith, who is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario.
1: And now we welcome Alison Graham to the show. She is the author of Married my mom, birthed the dog, how to be resilient when life sucks. Welcome to Ask BBB, Allison. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Allison, many of our listeners will know you through your many radio and other media appearances, your seminars, consulting work, and coaching workshops. Uh, they always see a positive, successful person who has a wonderful grip on life. It's something of a surprise to hear you had a time when life sucked. Well, there were a lot of
3: times actually when life sucked. I uh, based this book over what I call a decade of hell. And I think a lot of our listeners can relate that how we show up professionally with a smile on our face doesn't always determine what's happening or doesn't showcase what's happening behind the scenes and in our personal lives. And in my, my story, I ended up having a surgery that went wrong, caused relentless neuropathic pain that I've, I've managed to control now, which is fantastic. And I had five surgeries to help fix that one, multiple doctors appointments and and doctors. And uh, then I think there were eight breaks total, like over the course of that time, very short period of time. And so and then a whole bunch of people who died who I loved. So, you know, behind, but in, in the public, you have to put the smile on your face and do a Do the job. That's how we show up.
0: So all of that was going on in the background. In the meantime, the cheery, successful Allison was up front.
3: Exactly, and there was—I had such a privilege to work with some of this country's most influential brands at the time. I was working with, uh, I think, all of the banks at some point during that time. And, but you've got to show up for your clients. We can't, that's the only way. I remember when one of the doctors said to me, you need to reevaluate your expectations for your life. And we talked about going on disability. We talked about my options. And I was just like, no way. We're not doing that. That's not my plan. And then I went into consultant mode for my personal life and thus married my mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That that probably needs a little explanation.
3: It probably does, doesn't it? So I did not literally marry my mother, (laughs) obviously. But at that time, I knew that I needed some help. And so I called mom. Unfortunately, dad had died a couple years before this. And I said, mom, I know you've got a great life and you're enjoying retirement and adjusting to being a widow. What if you gave all of that up? and were to come and hang out with me, and, oh, by the way, you can drive me to all of my gigs in Toronto and, you know, help me. And and she was, you know, a saint, right? Because she said, yes, of course, I'll come and do that. And she ended up coming to help me through that really difficult time. And the dog? The dog came. Uh, one day I was having uh, a really tough drive home on the 401 and I, my friend said, you need some puppy love. And I pulled off the highway. It was the next exit to go. And when I was walking through and he saw me and he was like, my mama, she's here. <laughs> he got so excited and he jumped over the other dogs and he just leapt into my arms and I couldn't put him down.
1: So when a person is feeling overwhelmed or having problems in their personal life, whether it's a health challenge or a strained relationship, it certainly can affect your business life. Uh, Your book outlines a formula to cope. What are the elements of your formula?
3: The the Resiliency Ninja formula starts with your self-awareness. So I wouldn't even know when I was getting into trouble and I was intensifying the pain. And so there, there were different triggers that really made things worse. And I think a lot of times, even how we interact with the people closest to us, like so many business owners say to me, you know, I had a stressful day. I keep it together at the office for my team, and then I come home and I take it out on my husband or my wife or, you know, my kids. And that self-awareness is the first step. So there's a lot to go with that. Then we look at our strength, our mental, our physical, and our heart strength, and really get clear on what what do you need to build your own strength and to serve your own healing and resiliency. And then the last piece is your resourcefulness. And a lot of times people will look at the issues they're facing and they put a lot of emotion around it. And I'm like, okay, when it comes to resourcefulness, look at things very objectively so you can create solutions. And sometimes you need help with people from other people and we have to bury our pride and ask for help. And sometimes we need somebody to brainstorm with us ways that we can get through our obstacles.
0: Now, I noticed you put some labels on things and that helps you categorize where they go. And I know from other talks uh, and and a little bit of your book that you have elements like stress, obstacles, and adversity, and some ways to define those and use those uh, those titles.
3: Exactly. So uh, the continuum of challenges, one of the things that really frustrated me when I was in the, the bulk of my decade of hell was that everybody said, oh, this is very stressful and everything gets bucketed un- under stress. Well, stress is an internal emotion and it's an expectation to do too much with too little time with too few resources. And I believe that we can control our stress levels. And that's why you see me walking around with a smile on my face because I know that the things that are within my control, I have a game plan to deal with. So that's stress. Obstacles are different. They can be internally or externally driven. And they are things that are in our way that we can move, we can jump over, we can blow them up, we can get them out of the way, we can ignore them. But And that's where we have control. You know, I often say obstacles are my playground and my mission is helping you get through yours, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like, I love that looking, okay, here's the obstacle. How do we objectively get through it? And then adversity is a catastrophic external event that requires a whole new expectation about how your life is going to be. And that's where we have to support our own healing.
1: So in your book, and from some of your talks, you point out that some of these situations are controllable, like you just did. And, some, uh, and, and, and those circumstances can help reframe, reframe the things uh, like stress and obstacles. Any examples?
3: I the one I like to use is when somebody gets divorced. And so that's an adversity. The stress that comes from that is maybe now you're a single parent in the mornings. The obstacle is so there's a lot of emotion around that. And it's like, Oh, my gosh, and you're getting to work. And it's like busy, busy, and I'm late, and I'm late, and I can't do this. And, you know, that that is the stress, we got to get rid of that. Because then we look at our obstacles is what is your new morning routine? And how do we get everybody on the same picture? And uh, working together in the morning? So there's an example of how you would uh, separate them and then look at it strategically.
0: Allison, the formula is in your book.
3: It sure is, and lots of information that goes with it.
0: Uh, thank you very much for being part of Ask BBB today. Allison Graham is the author of Married My Mom, Birth the Dog How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks. And uh, we thank you for being with us this morning.
3: Thank you so much for having me. When we
0: return, the top 10 scams of 2017. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario.
1: And BBB has published the top 10 Canadian scams as reported in 2017.
0: And reviewing that list will help us all be a little more aware of some of the scams that are robbing Canadians of hard-earned money. Linda, how much have Canadians lost?
1: Canadians lost more money to scammers in 2017 than they did the previous three years, over $95 million to be exact. That's just the tip of the iceberg as it's estimated that only 5% of victims actually come forward to report the crime.
0: Wow. So how are we being scammed?
1: The focus for 2017 is online purchase scams. Over 90% of consumers now shop on an online world at any given time, and that means the internet is a haven for thieves and con artists. Better Business Bureau's national top 10 scams list is comprised of BBB scam tracker data collected from all 10 Canadian BBBs, numbers from the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, and scams identified by our community partners and sponsors. There were over 3,000 scams reported in Canada. The more uh, we can do as the BBB in terms of public awareness and education of our local consumers and local businesses, the more we can reduce the impact fraud has had on all of us.
0: Okay, Linda, well, uh, let's take a look at the list. Counting down from number 10.
1: Number 10 scam is fake invoices.
0: That's where a company or an individual gets an invoice that looks like the real thing but isn't?
1: More and more of us are shopping online, and the authentic-looking invoice comes from reputable companies. It looks like it's coming from Apple, UPS, and Amazon. They look legit. It's difficult to ascertain how much money is lost to this type of phishing scam, as crooks may only be interested in collecting personal information. Clicking on a questionable link could open your computer to spyware or ransomware attack. There is always a call to action in the documents. There is a message that will say, we need to update your account. Click on the following link or your delivery may be suspended.
0: So being aware of that, what, what should we do?
1: If you have a legitimate account with the company, check with them directly to confirm if there is an issue with your account. Look for poor grammar or spelling mistakes and see if the information aligns with your order. Check closely to the sender's email address for discrepancies such as having nothing to do with the specific company or those spelling errors. Okay, moving along, the number nine scam. Shady contractors. Well, this one has been around for a long time, eh? This is one of the oldest scams out there, but it is still a problem. Last year, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre estimated about $3 million was lost to this fraud.
0: Okay, so what happens? How does this work?
1: Crooks, service providers... um, Crook service providers offer a free and unsolicited estimate and convince you that your property has deficiencies and needs work. You agree to a tax-free cash deal, they take a deposit, and you never hear from them again.
0: So I guess the first tip here is if somebody calls you to tell you need you, that you need work, then you should be leery.
1: Yes, be very unaware, be very aware of unsolicited offers, and unsolicited means unrequested or uninvited or unwelcome. Get several estimates or quotes for any job. And, of course, go to BBB.org for research on trustworthy, accredited companies.
0: Okay, the number eight scam.
1: Advanced fee loans.
0: How how big a scam is this?
1: Over $1.5 million was lost to this scam alone in 2017. The thing is, it almost seems natural for a lender to ask for a security fee against a loan. So many people don't realize that asking for an advanced fee before giving a loan is illegal in Canada. Canadians lose millions every year to these fly-by-night lending companies who don't lend anything at all. If you require a loan and they ask for fees up front, just walk away. These companies are almost off offering a guaranteed approval even without credit checks.
0: So the takeaway for prevention here is?
1: Always research reputable lenders. Well, Linda,
0: we are just about out of time for Ask BBB this morning. And, well, we're only partway through this uh, list of top 10.
1: Uh, Well, March has been declared Fraud Prevention Month by the Competition Bureau. So it seems appropriate that we will continue with the list on next week's program.
0: So I guess we get to use that old showbiz cliche to be continued. So that's Ask BBB for this week. I'm Jim Swan.
1: And I'm Linda Smith.
0: Remember, Ask BBB.
1: And start with trust.